the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi there. Welcome to Study Verse by Verse online at highlands.us. Pastor Leighton Sheely yesterday began a, a rather intensive series in the book of Genesis. Now, as we go through Genesis, we're going to be confronting a lot of cultural taboos that don't really line up with God's directives in his word. So in order to really get a foundation for all of this, we need to make sure that we understand just how infallible God's Word really is, so that when He does say something, we listen without question. Let's catch up with Pastor Leighton Sheely, shall we, as we continue our look at the infallibility of God's Word and just how sufficient it really is. With today's broadcast of Study Verse by Verse, here's Pastor Leighton people who know the Bible and who do not know Christ are dangerous. People who know the Bible but don't know Christ are dangerous. Satan knew the Bible. He used in two out of the three temptations. The Pharisees, they knew the Bible. In fact, they had to, in order to be a Pharisee, had to memorize most of the Old Testament so they could recite it verse after verse. They knew God's Word, but they didn't know Jesus. Jesus himself said so. Jesus said, you search the scripture because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. See, the Pharisees knew the Bible, but they didn't know Jesus. And because they didn't know Jesus, I'm talking about the real Jesus, they hated him. And they were one of the groups that actively participated in putting him on a cross. And they justified putting an innocent man on the cross by twisting Scripture. People who know Scripture and who do not know Christ are dangerous. That's why we are a Christ-centered Bible-teaching church. Christ comes first. It's really all about Christ. So what does our church family, Church of the Highlands, believe about the Bible? Well, what we believe is articulated in statement, our Article 1 of our Statement of Faith. That's available on our church website at www.highlands.us. Regarding that, our Statement of Faith reads thus. We believe that the entire Bible is the inspired Word of God, and that men of God were moved by the Holy Spirit to write the very words of Scripture. The Bible is therefore without error in its original manuscripts. God has supernaturally preserved the Bible, and it is the sole and final authority for faith and life, providing encouragement, guidance, comfort, and instruction for training in righteousness. Now, for us to understand that, it's important we look at each of the parts of it individually. We believe that the entire Bible is the inspired Word of God. The word entire there is a reference to the original canon of Scripture, these 66 books that were identified in the early church. 
And that word entire also means that we don't pick and choose our favorite parts of the Bible and discount the rest as though they were not the Word of God or lesser of the Word of God. There are a lot of people who like certain parts of the Bible and they don't like other parts of the Bible. There are parts that are very confrontational. But we believe that the entire Bible is the Word of God. We don't just pick and choose what we like. We want to hear what God has to say, even if we may not like what He has to say. We believe that the entire Bible is the inspired Word of God. Now, the word I'm focusing on now is the word inspired because different people have different ideas about inspiration. You can walk outside, look up in the sky, see how magnificent it is, and you can be inspired to write something about God. Now, you might be inspired, but what you write is not. So what then do we mean when we use the word inspired? Well, it's clarified in the words that follow. He says, that, and that men of God were moved by the Holy Spirit to write the very words of Scripture. We believe that the very words of Scripture are the very words of God. Now, why do we believe this? Well, one of the reasons that we believe this is because Jesus believed this. So then how do we know that Jesus believed this? You know, there's a fascinating passage found in Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22, which illustrates that Jesus really believed that the very words of Scripture were inspired by God. Now, the story of background is this. He had been approached by the Pharisees. They were trying to trip him up. He frustrated their efforts. Now the Sadducees come. And the story about the Sadducees is they're another one of these religious groups. They're another one that co-conspired to put an innocent man to that Jesus on, on the cross. And these are religious leaders. But the interesting thing about the Sadducees was they didn't believe in life after death, which is why they were Sadducee. It's a Bible college joke, but what it does is it reminds us of what these people were about, right? These are religious people who don't believe in the afterlife. That's why they're sad, you see. Okay, you're going, wait a minute. They're religious people who don't believe in life after death. What's that all about? Well, for them, religion was nothing more than a business. And these were the folks that were running the market in the temple that Jesus had a problem with. These were the Sadducees. And, of course, Jesus upset their tables, and that made them rather angry at him. And that's why they weren't hesitant at all to join the party in trying to crucify Jesus. So the Sadducees come and approach Jesus. And they ask a question, which is really interesting, when you understand that they don't believe in the afterlife. They believe that when a person dies, they just cease to exist. So this is what's written for us. The same day, the Sadducees came to Jesus, who say that there is no resurrection, and they asked him a question saying, Teacher, Moses said, if a man dies having no children, his brother must marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. Now, there were seven brothers among us, first married and died, and having no children, left his wife to his brother. So to the second and the third, down to the seventh. After them all, the woman died. In the resurrection, therefore, of the seven, whose wife will she be? For they all had her. Interesting question. 
Listen to what Jesus said. But Jesus answered them, you are wrong because you neither know the scriptures nor the power of God. You don't know what you're talking about. Now, in case that's lost upon you, Jesus just insulted the religious leaders, okay? You don't know what you're talking about because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like the angels in heaven. So this gives us some insight. Angels don't marry. And in this regard, we're going to be like the angels. We're not going to be married, which is one of the reasons, by the way, when a pastor uh, leads a wedding, they always say, till death do us part. Because at death, the marriage ends and a person is then free to remarry if they, if they, if they choose to. They're not bound in marriage at death. And then Jesus goes on to address their misunderstanding about this matter of resurrection or life after death. This is what Jesus says. And as for the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was said to you by God? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not God of the dead, but of the living. And when the crowd heard it, they were astonished at his teaching. So Jesus quoted from the Old Testament, have you not heard from God, this is God's word speaking, to correct bad theology. And he quotes from Exodus chapter 3, which the story is this, uh, of that of Moses at the burning bush. Remember the story? Uh, he sees a bush, it's burning, but it's not being consumed. It catches his attention. He decides to go there. Out of the bush comes the voice of the Lord who says, this is holy ground, take your sandals off. And the voice said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. So Jesus' purpose here is to show them the Bible really teaches life after death, that it is the Word of God, and he quotes from the Bible, the Old Testament, in answer to their inquiry. So how then does this passage teach life after death? Good question. I'm glad you asked. The answer is in one word, and the word is am. I am. You see, when God spoke to Moses at the burning bush, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had already been dead for 400 years. And if at death there was no resurrection, no life thereafter, that means they would have ceased to exist according to the Sadducees. And if they had ceased to exist, then God should have said, I was, past tense, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The fact that God said, I am... Present tense, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob means that even though they are dead and we can't see them, they have not ceased to exist. There is life after death. There is resurrection. And so not only did Jesus teach and believe that the very words of Scripture are the very words of God, but even the tense of the verb is chosen by God for accuracy's sake. Now, Jesus identified the authority of the Old Testament in a number of ways. One, one of them is found in Luke chapter 24, where it's after his death and he's been resurrected, but very few have seen him. And so there's this commotion going on about what's happening. And there's these two disciples that are on the road leading to Emmaus and they're having this discussion. And all of a sudden, a third party joins in the discussion. They don't recognize it's actually Jesus. And in part of that conversation, Jesus said, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. 
Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Moses is a reference to Genesis and the Pentateuch and the prophets is the Old Testament. He went through the Old Testament and he showed, see what it says here? This is what it means. This is how it applies. You see what God revealed here? This is when it happened. And he went through the Old Testament and identified how things were to be and how, the, and how it was. And so Jesus confirmed the authority of Scripture, and he also confirmed the inspiration. Well, the authority and inspiration of Scripture will also lead us to the infallibility of Scripture, the fact that it is without error. It is the inspired Word of God. Now, this will help us as we move through the book of Genesis and see what God has done here in this first book of His Bible just how, how far culture has deviated from the truth of God's Word. Questions about today's program can be directed at highlands.us. Great place to start if you'd like to know a bit more about us, Church of the Highlands right here in San Bruno, and the ministry here. Again, highlands.us. Tomorrow, another look, an introductory look into our Book of Genesis studies just how infallible the Word of God is. Join us then for Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.